You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Sleep Cove podcast can help you. Hi, I'm Christopher Fitton, the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind Sleep Cove. Sleep Cove features sleep hypnosis, meditations and bedtime stories, all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long. Feel like who art Ed? Who art Ed? Mr. Wood, art Ed, me. Either way, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. That's off to a great start. Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood, and for this week's fun fact mini episode, we're going to be talking about the world's first cartoon. On August 17, 1908, the French artist Emile Cole's animation Phantasmagory was released. A phantasmograph was a lantern that would project shadows onto the wall. The term phantasmagory is a French word meaning a constantly shifting complex succession of things seen or imagined. But also, Phantasmagory was the first animated cartoon. I guess to be clear and concrete, I will say that according to my research, this was the first fully animated cartoon in the traditional hand-drawn style we think of when we discuss animation. There were, of course, examples of stop-motion animation before that. Um, There was a piece that was influential on this work by another French artist just uh, two years earlier a piece called Humorous Phases, although that was done um, with drawing on a blackboard, but it was really more of a stop-motion sort of approach where you're manipulating something in front of the camera, change it, take a picture, change it, take a picture. Um, If you wanted to you know, really push the point, you could make an argument that even going all the way back to the caves in Lascaux, uh, those images could be seen as a sort of really, really early rough version of animation in the way that they would create a sense of movement in the flickering flame light. But I'm here talking about a work that is done in the traditional hand-drawn style using the techniques that, like I said, we think of with the the sort of onion skinning and things like that that go along with more modern animation techniques. Before I get really into this piece, I want to explain to listeners a very simple overview of video and animation. Both video and animation work off the same principle. There are a series of pictures referred to as frames, which are played back very quickly. 
The idea is that if we show a number of images faster than the eye can process each individual frame, it stops looking like a series of pictures and creates the illusion of one picture that's just continuously moving. According to scientists who are much smarter than I am, the human eye can see 30 to 60 frames per second. That's why standard video cameras today will record and play back 30 frames per second. The lowest frame rate estimates I have seen for the eye to begin seeing a video or animation as a moving picture rather than a series of frames is about 7 to 10 frames per second. Now, Cole created his animation at 16 frames per second, although he was really only creating eight drawings for each second of the animation. He would photograph each drawing twice. His method was relatively simple. He used a glass plate, sort of an illuminated glass plate, like a light box, tracing his drawings and putting minor variations to alter the pose and create smooth motion. This is a relatively simple and straightforward technique, but you got to keep in mind, he was kind of inventing this technique on the fly. Because he was tracing the previous frame while creating the next, there's a good bit of consistency and continuity in the work. This is a technique referred to as onion skinning. Animators will look at and trace faint images of previous frames to get everything moving sort of fluidly. He did this with about 700 drawings to produce a 1 minute and 20 second animation. And in that animation, it's basically just sort of a black background with this white line drawing of figures moving around and changing shapes and, you know... Relatively simple sort of stuff, but again, simple to us by today's animation standards, but groundbreaking for 1908. When looking at Cole's animation, it looks like a chalk drawing on a blackboard, but actually he was working pen on paper. He drew his images with black ink on white paper, but he used negatives of the image so they would appear as white lines on a black background in the animation. This look of a chalkboard drawing was influenced by a 1906 film. As I referenced earlier, there was a piece that was relatively popular called Humorous Phases, which was made using chalk drawings on a blackboard. While some will point out that Humorous Phases came first, it was more, as I said, in the stop-motion tradition than the sort of hand-drawn cartoons and animation techniques that we associate with modern cartoons. Cole's innovation was in the use of tools like his illuminated glass plates to trace the drawings. This created the significantly smoother and more fluid motion in the figures. I think one of the most common misconceptions about the artistic process and creativity is that artists have a flash of inspiration and develop something new out of nowhere. The reality is, more typically, artists innovate by building off of other people's ideas. This, in some ways, does make it hard to classify what's the first in a category, what is the first animation, and all of that sort of stuff. But... 
While it's hard to pinpoint what's first, it is easier to recognize who's innovating. Cole was definitely an innovator. He was also part of a short-lived art movement, the incoherent art movement coming out of France in the late 19th century. That was influential on this piece. The incoherent art movement was satirical. It was highly experimental and strange. It laid the groundwork for movements like Dada and Surrealism. Phantasmagory was a short-lived film. Like the incoherent art movement, it was forgotten by many, but it laid the groundwork for a lot of really influential things to come, like Disney and all the other animators who made artworks beloved by generations all around the world. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds, like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. This week's fan fact came from, well, my buddy Chuck over at the junior high who has made his students do a little bit of research, and he was nice enough to send me some of the interesting stuff that they have come across. So I actually developed this episode based on the fun fact I got from one of his students talking about The Simpsons. Hello, so my name is Charlotte. I'm an eighth grader on Team Griffins. Two years ago, I was introduced to The Simpsons by my dad, Um, because COVID started and he wanted me and my little brother to have something to watch and he's always loved it. So I chose to research more about Matt Groening, who many of you may know uh, as the creator of the hit TV show, The Simpsons. So what I found about Matt Groening was really interesting and that the, the main characters from The Simpsons are actually based on his family members. So the main five, in case you don't know, are Homer, Marge, Bart, Lisa, and Maggie. Um, Homer and Marge are like the mom and dad of the family. Matt Groening's mother and father were actually named Homer and Margaret, which is where he got the names Homer and Marge. Um, Not only that, but also two of his little sisters were named Lisa and Maggie. Um, Bart, however, in this case, is actually just um, a character that was inspired by Groening himself. If you have watched The Simpsons, you know that Bart is a really big troublemaker and stuff. So Groening was actually kind of like a class clown and I guess kind of a jerk himself. So uh, in the opening to The Simpsons, there's actually um, a short screen where Bart is writing like on a chalkboard over and over and over. And that was inspired by Groening when he was a little kid as he had to write um, I Must Be Quiet in Class about 500 times on a chalkboard at least once, which, again, inspired that skit. So the reason why The Simpsons was created was because 
um, James L. Brooks, who's, like, the developer of The Simpsons, who kind of, like, got it going and stuff, um, reached out to Groening because of his hit, like, comic strip, Life in Hell, and it was about, like, these characters who were, it was just madness and, like, fun stuff, and it ended up becoming, like, a really big hit, so, um, Brooks ended up reaching out to Groening, asking him to create short skits between a show that he was releasing soon called The Tracy Ullman Show, and then Groening was like, yeah, totally, but then he realized that he would lose his rights to the characters from Life in Hell, and because he didn't want to do that, he created The Simpsons in place of them. Um, so overall, Groening has had a fairly interesting life, and him creating The Simpsons after his own family, and because it was kind of on a whim because he didn't want to lose the rights to his characters is something that I would have never expected. Now, if you have a fun fact you'd like to share or you're an art teacher and want to encourage your students to do a little research and discover their own fun facts, I would love to hear about it. You can send things to me at whoartedpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, just a reminder, if you're enjoying the show, please do me a favor, leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. It helps others discover the show. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And of course, on the website, whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.